What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I hope you're having yourselves a wonderful week. Look at this. It's the end of January. How about that shit? One month down in the year 2024. I hope you are attacking the year in, in whichever way you wish to attack it. Maybe you were like, I'm not attacking the year. Fuck the year. I, I don't need to live my life by a calendar. Maybe, maybe you were going hard from May of last year to May of this year, and then you're going to chill out all summer long getting your dick tan. I don't know what's going on in your world. Who am I to judge? That's going to be the theme of this podcast. Who am I to judge? Because I have a thing I need to uh, retract coming up. Uh, but first, I, I still got to chat with you a little bit. For those of you new to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub, welcome. Welcome aboard. Um, I do have a Patreon page, and I like to give a shout-out to those Patreon subscribers. With the Patreon, you get a bonus episode a week and some other content. Content I can't speak. You know what the problem was, Joe? Or for everyone here, the problem with Joe, me, that's who I am. I ate a bunch of Tostitos, you know, tortilla chips at lunch, and I did not properly wash them all down, and bits of them are coming up in my speech. Certain chips you eat a lot of, you just, when you talk, they're all over your goddamn mouth. They're popping all over the place. Little chips are hopping from one molar to the next molar. It's a whole situation. And so I'm going to be stumbling over my, my words a little bit here or there and everywhere. So what I was saying was this, um, with Patreon, you get a bonus episode, other content. I throw some top 10 lists out there. You also get a crack at free tickets to certain events. Not all of them, unfortunately. I can't do that. There's certain venues that are like no, and other ones are like sure. So anyhow, uh, feel free to check out patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Also, shout out to everyone who's been listening to the other podcast, Let's Get Dumb. Lots of nice words from people coming in left and right. Shout out to David Flynn. That was a really cool message you sent. Um, yeah, Let's Get Dumb is also available. Myself and comedian Jonah Jerkins ask dumb questions, tell dumb stories, and have a dumb old time with you. That's what we like to do. Yeah, so in this anyway, I, I when I said attack the year, I get annoyed by these motivational people because they think everyone should be doing the things that they do. And the world would be a boring place if everyone does that. And also, you need to understand a lot of these people are scam artists. They're just trying to get your money, you know. And because if they were really good at their job, they would tell you, hey, what worked for me, guess what? Probably won't work for you. We're different people. But I could give you some tips on stuff that helped me and maybe it could help you. But instead, they go, what are you doing, huh? You sleep until 7 a.m.? By 7 a.m., I've already done a thousand push-ups, uh, written down in my journal, and rubbed out. Uh, you know, I've, I've played with my balls. That's what you got to do. All by 7 a.m. That's what, I'm closing business deals. You're sleeping, huh? You're sleeping, dreaming of Jennifer Aniston. Not me. I've been up for five hours. That's what I've done. I've already uh, alphabetized all of my Pokemon cards. That's the kind of thing I do. While you are off in Never Neverland, you bitch. Like that's those guys. That's how they all sound. And every one of those TikTok videos and Instagram videos. And that's why you know they're full of shit. You know what I mean? Speaking of Jennifer Aniston, she popped up in a dream of mine earlier this week. But it was maybe the most, it was just a friendly experience. She was there for some reason. Not sure why. I've been watching a lot of Friends lately. Maybe that's why. She seeped into the brain. Seeped in the old subconscious. And it was nothing. It was like we had known each other a little bit before. Or she'd heard of my comedy. So we just kind of talked real, yeah, real chill. Nothing like, I didn't turn around to my friends going, oh my God, it's fucking Jennifer Aniston. Like, I didn't do any of that. It was just like, cool. Yeah, all right. You're in town for a little bit. Nice. All right, cool. Well, here, here are some spots you want to check out. Like, it was just one of those situations. And then she was like part of the group. I was with a group of friends and stuff. And it's like, yeah, Jen's coming too, of course. Why wouldn't she come? Duh, you know? 
And then, uh, and then I woke up and then it, it was one of those things where I'm like, man, I wish I'd have gotten her phone number in that dream. <laughs> Obviously not I'm, I'm married, Jennifer. I don't know what your uh, relationship status is. Although my wife's into you. I've gotten, I've gotten the hard no on the threesome question, but uh, I think, I think uh, Jennifer Aniston might make the list. I don't know. All right. Now I made it weird. Jennifer Aniston listens to this podcast too. She's thinking, oh, that's so sweet. Joe had a nice platonic dream about me. And then I had to go and make it weird. I'm so sorry. I am very sorry, Jennifer. All right. So um, yeah, basically uh, it's, I, it's a month down in 2024, but uh, don't get sad. Don't think, or maybe you are out there thinking I have big goals for this year. And I kind of had a lazy January. If you're going to have a lazy any month, it's January. You got to start off slow, figure things out. Right, you don't want to be like the Detroit Lions, dominate the first half and then shit the bed the rest of the year, huh? You want to kill it January through June and then just end up like a fucking loser, and then midnight going into 2025, you're just in a puddle of ice cream, face down in the dirt, looking like a scum bum. You don't want any of that. We'll talk about that too. All right, well let's. Well, first I said this the theme of this episode is going to be judging, and uh, I want to address something that I brought up. I think two podcast episodes ago, I brought up actress Erin Moriarty. Moriarty. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Aaron Moriarty. And uh, great Irish name. American actress, though. And uh, I brought it up because I saw some pictures that people were sharing around of what she looked like a few years ago versus what she looks like today. And I made some comments that I am not proud of now that I think back on them, in which I got judgy. I basically said, Aaron, what are you doing? You look gorgeous. Why mess with your face? I don't know why people take chances on their face, you know? And then I tried to say like, hey, to each their own though, who am I? But you know what? You can't be that person. You can't say to each their own and then be a judgy piece of shit because I hate judgy pieces of shit. And guess what, everyone? I was a judgy piece of shit during that whole episode. So to Aaron Moriarty, who also listens to this podcast, her and Jennifer Aniston get together and listen to this podcast. I am sorry. To you, I am because who are we as people to judge anyone who wants to make a change to themselves? It's none of our fucking business. It's really not. Um, you wouldn't want people treating you that way, or so why? Like there was, it was just a dumb topic for me to get roped into. Um, you know, in a perfect world, I think people would be happy with themselves and not feel the need for plastic surgery. But then, if they do, again, why not my place to make a judgment on that? So Aaron Moriarty did get upset. I believe Megan Kelly, who spells Megan like a moron. I'll judge that shit. You spell Megan M-E-G-Y-N. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking talk some shit because that's just dumb. So uh she said some stuff about Aaron Moriarty that upset Aaron Moriarty. Aaron Moriarty's denying any plastic surgery claims. Whatever. I'm not even gonna give my take on whether or not I think she's telling the truth or not, because it doesn't matter. This woman was clearly upset by the comments made. By Megan Kelly to the point where she's like, I'm done with this social media crap, which is like, fine. That's I'm, I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and there were some comments from people being like, Oh, you're going to quit over that. That's thin skin. I'm like, it's thin skin. You act like we're, we have to be part of this thing. There are some people, a small minority, I imagine who act like you, you know, you're an actress on a TV show. Well, you owe it to everyone to give us every little bit about yourselves and, and be as public as possible. And how dare you think you get privacy? You don't. If someone says, Hey, I don't like this shit. I don't like the way people are talking about me on this platform. I'm done. You should say good. That's smart. Do what's best for you. The response is you have thin skin. 
Like, like you have to be on this thing. It's a choice. It's a choice. Thin skin and thick skin is, uh, you know, that gets thrown around a lot. Like, you know, I do think people need to be tough in certain situations, of course. Learn to not let things get to you is so much. Um, but it's not like school. It's not like she's going to school every day and instead of learning how to fight back against the bully, she's just dropping out of high school. It's it's a choice to be on this platform. Life is very short. I wish people understood more of that. I recently had the two-year anniversary of my father's passing and it just continues to remind me that life is short and and that is what you make of it too some people have the life is short mentality and then they go off and be a huge prick to everyone because they think who cares life's short and you don't want to be that person either life's short so be good to each other and don't get caught up in the minutiae and don't get caught up in things that don't matter right me spending time on my opinion of someone's whatever choice they decided to make or didn't make to their face, it's a waste of time. And all I'm doing is pushing more negativity out there and I don't want to do that. So that's why I'm bringing this up as a way to say, Hey, I was a dipshit a couple of weeks ago. And that's something we all need to do from time to time. From time to time, we all need to take a step back and be like, when was I a dickhead recently? Oh, not that long ago. All right. Now it's time to own up to that and try not to be a dickhead going forward. That's, that's called growth. Those are the kind of people I want to be around. People who could be like, you know what? I was a bit of a prick back there. I got to I gotta figure out how not to be that person anymore. And my apologies. And yeah, I made a mistake. Instead of being like the people who are like, well, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Can't fucking handle it. I don't give a fuck. Like those are the worst fucking people in the world. Um, and I hope they die alone. <laughs> I do. Um, that's not being judgy, but that's definitely being negative. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care if, um, I almost wish some of these celebrities would back away more when they feel like, uh, it's causing them mental health problems because how often do we see, um, not just celebrities, anybody in this world, they, they can't handle it and they go through shit and instead of stepping away, they don't, and it worsens their condition. And, you know, we've all, I'm sure most people at this point in their life have dealt with a situation where uh, they're like, well, this doesn't feel too good. Why am I doing this to myself? You know, um, and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard because we all want to be connected. We all want to be part of the thing. But then the thing could be driving us crazy and it's not good for us. Um, and I worry about that. You know, my kids are still very little, so I've got some time before I, I cross that bridge. But uh I'm hoping that things start to go the other way on social media. You know, I've uh, this this podcast, if you're listening for the first time, you'll hear this a lot if you go back to listen to previous episodes. Not a lot, a lot, but definitely every three or four episodes, I feel like I go come across my love-hate relationship with it. I love it because I get to tell people about my podcast through social media. You get to hear it and be like, oh, that was pretty good. So that's where it's great. And then I hate it because it's just the meanest people finally getting their turn to be mean to everybody. And, um, and it's just, and it's just an ugly side of the world that you don't need to see. Do I think the world's uglier today than it was 35, 40 years ago before social media? I don't know for sure. Maybe a little bit, not a lot. I don't think it's a lot ugly. I think the problem is we have more documentation of our ugliness. There's more cameras being filmed every night. You know, you see a video of you're scrolling around, you see a video of someone doing something horrible to someone I'm like, I can't believe this shit. Like, who would do such a thing? 
That probably did happen in 1971, but people, they have their phones out to film it. I think empathy is going down though. Um, because you're seeing things through a screen. And I think our brains were trained from a young age to think the things in the screen don't affect us and aren't real. And it's not a reality. You know, when you're a kid, you start off watching cartoons, even Gen Z who's grown up completely in the digital age, social media has been around their entire existence. I'm sure there's fights out there being like, I got more likes on my baby picture than you did. Eh," You know? Um, But it's, uh, it's something that like, I'm starting to wonder. Cause I, I noticed with Gen Z, cause they're like in their early twenties. Now, a lot of them mid twenties, even I'm seeing them more in record stores. I'm seeing them more in bookshops. I'm seeing them. Someone said that Blu-ray and DVD might be making a comeback, even though I heard Best Buy phased it out. There's something about um, like uh, having like the hard copy of a thing that people are starting to miss a little bit. I personally don't want to buy a book on Kindle. I don't care if it's cheaper. I don't want to stare at a screen. Oh, but you could get these glasses. It's just another accessory. I want to hold the book. And when the book's done, I want to shut that book and have that nice, satisfied feeling of being like, I don't need a bookmark for you anymore. That's a great feeling. And um, so, yeah, so in a lot of, as much as I love the internet in so many ways, I really do. It's, you know, you come across great music, great art, um, great podcasts, great comedians, huh? some good discussion out there. You get to meet a lot of cool people that I wouldn't have met. The internet overall has been a plus in my life. Um, but on it should be a way bigger plus, but the negatives have brought it towards only a slight plus, you know, and I just wish I could have figured out a way to meet and connect with all the different people I've been able to meet and connect with without sacrificing um, my worldview and just thinking the worst of people. <laughs> so like that's that and, and seeing the propaganda machine that the internet has turned into, you know, Noam Chomsky was right. He said when this internet came out, he was like, it's being a massive tool for propaganda and just spreading misinformation. He would said that in 1995. Fuck was he ahead of the times. All right. So shout out to Aaron Moriarty. You do whatever you want to do. You want to keep, uh, you know, you want to fucking add a second nose. You go for it. Whatever you want to do. Don't let other people uh, yuck your yum and um, and stay off social media if it's bothering you. It's that simple. If you don't like a thing, stop doing the thing. You, you get one go around. Okay. So, you know. Get rid of that shit. And this is, I want everyone to hear what I'm saying. You, you get one time around as far as we know. So if there's anything out there that feels like a waste of your time. And that's the thing too. Cause I think as human beings, we know we're going to die at the end, but we just think of it as so far away because if you think of it as imminent, we, you're not going to get a lot done. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be freaking out. It's going to consume you. So that part sucks. So that's why we all just don't think about death as often as we can. It might seep in there and then it's like, I'm I'm not going to be here one day. That's horrible. People I love are going to be gone one day. And as someone who's experienced a lot of it over the last two years, uh, you know, with my father, who's you guys all know, I was tremendously close with. um, It it just definitely makes you go like, I don't I don't need this. I don't. There have been friends that I was good friends with that I cut off. And some people who are also friends with those people are like, you're not friends with them anymore. But what What do you mean? But why? Because who gives a fuck? (laughs) <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't like them. That's all the ne- reason I need. Oh, you're being a little bitch though. They're all- No, no, I'm not being a little bitch. Hanging out with them is a Hanging out with people you don't like is you're, then you're the bitch. Getting rid of those people 
makes you the fucking, you know, king shit of fuck mountain, right? You are master of your domain. You're like, I don't need this garbage anymore. That's that's the thing that, you know, people should be respecting. All right, let's switch it up a little bit here. Um, a little NFL playoff action. We had the NFC and AFC title games over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. No, they're both on Sunday, what I'm saying. Uh, the early game, the two o'clock game where I'm from, uh, noon Pacific and then one o'clock or three o'clock in the east uh, across the United States of America. Just there are time zones for some stupid, useless reason. We had the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens, a game that was more on the defensive side of things, uh, solid performance on the less, and the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that a lot of people were writing off about six, seven weeks ago, are back in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl for the third time in four seasons. They won last year, and they won in 2020, and they lost um, in between there to the Bucks. That was in 2021, I believe. Yeah, Tom Brady Super Bowl victory with Tampa Bay. And man, it's uh what a what a franchise. Uh Pat Mahomes is probably going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I could definitely see him cracking that top 5 list. Uh he's not there yet of course, but uh I mean he's got two rings. He's uh the best quarterback in the league easily and um he just knows how to win. He knows how to lead a team and and that's what you're seeing out of him. Travis Kelsey had a big game. There was just a lot of light from Kansas City's side of the ball, and they are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. And Taylor Swift will get a ring. She deserves one. She helped turn them around. That's right, Taylor's version. The Kansas City Chiefs, the second half of the season, were Taylor's version. They were, uh, you know, it's, it is funny with the whole fucking Taylor Swift and Kelsey, Travis Kelsey stuff. And it's just like, I don't, I don't think any real people care. I think it's another, you know, internet thing. Um, I've heard some people be like, it's too much, but then they actually broke down the numbers and it's really not too much. I think the coverage of it's too much. Uh, like CBS showed her for a total of 38 seconds this past week, which, which is like less than a percentage of the total coverage. It's a three hour game. What is 38 seconds of a three hour game? Very minuscule sliver of a percentage of what they, you know, covered for the whole game. And it makes me uh, laugh because I feel like, she was on TV for a total of 38 seconds, but all over the social media platforms, they talked about it for way more than that. That's the funny part about it. It's like it, the coverage of her coverage got more coverage than the actual coverage. See what I'm saying here? Like this, you see how, how mental that kind of is. So it's bizarre nonetheless. Either way, uh, let her and him, I, I believe they're a legit couple. I don't, I don't get the idea that they're not one, you know? Um, some, someone had a funny post about it. I think a comedian that I, that I might know might be in my, uh, like a circle that uh, friends of mine, uh, she said, well, her last two boyfriends were like 110 pound, you know, uh, bony Brits, uh, like, you know, the one guy from 1975 and then some other dude. And of course now she just wants to bang a dude who's the size of an oak tree. Like it kind of made me laugh. Right. I think, cause I looked at Matt Healy. I can remember the other guy's name, but they're both like skinny artsy looking dudes. And now, um, now she's rolling with a fucking pro athlete. Who's like six, four, six, five, and just, you know, built like a brick shit house. Um, so yeah, kind of funny how that works. And then a lot of people are saying it with him. He used to hook up with, uh, you know, uh, very voluptuous black women who are beautiful. And they're like, well, now he's with Taylor Swift, who doesn't have the body type of these women. But I personally like them all. 
I do. I like I like all the body types. So I, you know, Taylor's I think is a very beautiful woman. Um, she has different features. If you're looking, if you're someone out there is like, I need a big fat bouncing ass, that's not her. But if you're looking for legs for days, then there's Taylor Swift. And uh, you know, let's not let's not break them down to their looks. Come on now. Um, she seems cool though. I don't know. I hear more stories about her doing generous things for people. She gave all her drivers a hundred grand bonus. You don't hear about that too often. Um you know, she's a billionaire now. Uh, she's printing money. She's a one woman economy, a one person economy. feels like anytime she goes to a town, people like there's articles when she was in Chicago, my city over last summer, last August, I want to say every hotel in the downtown Chicago area was booked up solid. She did three nights. They all oversold. People were sitting on lawn chairs outside of Soldier's Field, uh, the stadium in which she had the concert. It was crazy. She, If she shows up to your town, your economy is going to be stimulated. That's right. It's just unbelievable how much money she's generating right now. And, and there are people out there who are like, fuck her, I hate her music. And that's fine. You're entitled to hate her music. Go for it. Most poppy music, I don't really love. I, I like a lot of Taylor stuff, to be honest with you, though. I have no problem admitting that. I just don't, um, you know, like when a lot of other people were really big, like I hated all the boy band bullshit when that was going on. And I remember having a moment where I was telling my female friends, you know, I was probably like a freshman in high school being like, this stuff sucks. What was I in eighth grade? I don't know. This is terrible. How, how do you like this crap and all that stuff? And then I realized, why am I doing that? I'd be mad if they were doing that about the music I like. So just grow up. If you don't like something, then don't like it. I've, I've often told people the best way um, to make a thing go away, or at least it'll, make, it'll go in your brain, is to not talk about it. So if you're out there talking nonstop shit about Taylor Swift, people are going to bring up Taylor Swift to you. So it kind of keeps it going in your world. Uh, if you're posting about it, the algorithms think this guy loves Taylor Swift. They don't think negative versus positive. So you're going to keep seeing it's going to keep outraging you. You know, so that's how that works. That's just a little piece of advice because I want everyone to relax. All right. The Detroit Lions had a wonderful season this year, 12 and 5 under Coach Campbell, his third season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. They took the NFC North. Uh, it's been a progression in which they were like three and thirteen. Then I think they're around five hundred last year. I could be wrong by a game or two. Maybe they were game over at nine and eight. This year, 12 and 5, solid team. Um, running team, team that was heavy in analytics. Uh, and that's the, and the, you know, I think those same, you know, I don't know what they call them football and baseball. They call it saber metrics, all these advanced metrics, uh, bringing out the math in sports. I was a big, big proponent of it. I've got book after book. I'm, my bookcase is behind the camera in which I have Moneyball, of course, the Michael Lewis book that was turned into a great movie. I have a lot of baseball prospectus books. I have ahead of the curve, Brian Kenny's book. Uh, the only rule is it has to work, which is another great book. I believe from a couple of baseball prospectus writers, mind game, which is a book about how Theo Epstein used uh, advanced metrics to build the 2004 Boston Red Sox. I'm a big fan of a lot of that in football. I don't know how it applies as much and I'm questioning its value in some instances. Now, a lot of people will say, all right, just to back it up, the lions lose. They lost to the 49ers. So the Super Bowl is going to be the Chiefs versus 49ers. Two teams that have been successful franchises over the last decade and in, in as far as appearances. Although it's been a minute for the 49ers, I believe. Um, but the, since John Lynch took over, they've been real solid. You know, what was it? Maybe like three, four years ago they went? I can't remember. So anyhow, no, five, six, doesn't matter. Joe, standpoint here. So the Lions lose. 
to the 49ers, but they had a big lead. They had a 17 point lead at halftime. Second half, Kansas City takes over, but Detroit had time to stop their momentum. Now, the thing is, the big debate right now is whether or not Campbell, the Lions head coach, was smart to keep doing what he did to get them there. Because a lot of people say, hey, man, you got you can't change it up now. Do what you did that got you to this position. I say that's wrong. I believe that's wrong. Because in other sports, I agree, keep doing it. But football is a one-game thing. You have to adjust. The best head coaches know when to adjust. Every head coach that doesn't adjust, ringless. I don't know why I pointed in my hand like there'd be a Super Bowl ring there. There wasn't. But they don't have what it takes. You have to be able to be like, all right, this isn't working. Back to the drawing board. Or know when to step on your opponent's throat. So they have so all right. So they went forward and fourth down a lot during the regular season. That was their thing. They were a bold team because they used like analytics, which shows like, all right, well, X percentage of time, this will turn out in our favor. And there's going to be times where it backfires, but overall it's going to pay off. But again, that's over the course of the regular season. This is not the regular season. This is the playoffs. Okay. This is do or die situation. And this is when momentum shifts are massive. They forget the human element. That's why I've kind of started to back away from a lot of advanced metrics. I love them. I, I read them because it's more information. The more information, the better. Why wouldn't you want that, right? But you also have to bring in a human element to it, which so many people mistake. Like in baseball right now, there was a lot of uh, people I'd follow for you know sports, like uh, for baseball analysis, where they would bring up like, oh, here's some players that you want to think about getting. And I'm like looking at their numbers. I'm like, these guys suck. Oh, well, their slider has a higher spin rate than some of the best sliders in all the leagues. So you could just get this guy and have him focus in on a slider and throw that more, blah, 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 blah. And guess what happens? Teams know this. They grab the guy thinking, oh, maybe this will work. And then they still suck. You know why? Because they're not good. I give a fuck how much times the slider spins. Sometimes you have to be like, all right, yeah, I'm seeing all the advanced data you're giving me. This hitter barrels a lot. Ball comes off his bat. Well, okay, okay. Um, how come six for six seasons now he sucked dick though? What is that about? Oh, well, see, well, well, our analysis shows that well, just stop. Understand that there are people and you have to factor that shit in. Okay. I, that's the problem. You have people who love math and love the numbers so much that they can't break away from that. Cause they're, even if you show them with their, your eyes, you grab them by the head. You ever try to show like a kid or a friend of yours something and they're looking in the wrong direction. And eventually you get so annoyed. You grab their head and turn their head for them to be like, it's over there. I'm trying to point you out over there. That's how I want to do with some of these fucking, uh, you know, fucking math nuts in sports. I want to go stop looking at the numbers, turn your head and watch the athlete. What do your eyes tell you? And they can't help it. Their eyes will start to shift back to the paper. They can't, I, I got to see what the paper tells me. What does the paper tell? It's like, all right, enough. And I was that, I was that guy. I was so hardcore. And like a lot of people listening to this might be like, what happened to you, Joe? You were one of us. I'm like, dude, I, I saw it not work. I saw it not work over and over again. I mentioned the one book title. The only rule is it has to work. The shit doesn't work. Okay. It used to be no one cared about strikeouts in baseball. Now everyone's realizing, you know what? Making contact is actually a pretty good fucking thing. And it's going to lead to more good shit here or there. And so that's how I look at it with uh, this situation with Detroit. All right. The one fourth and two receiver should have caught it. He dropped it. That's a bummer. All right, fine. But then later you, but watch how that momentum swing went. That momentum swing was massive. Okay, that if you would settle for that field goal there, all of a sudden you're back up by three scores. And then the Ravens get to take the ball on a kickoff. 
right? They're not getting the better field position that you gave them because you gave it to them like the 38 instead of the 25. There was just a lot of little shit there. It's the second half and you're trying to play for the fucking Super Bowl. So, all right, you took that gamble fourth and two, fine. But you're going to be so stubborn to take it again later on when you desperately need to put some points on the board to stop the bleeding. They could have kicked a field goal to tie the game. And then again, kick off to the other team, put them back in field position a little bit, make them work for it. But instead, they didn't. They turned it over on downs again. And then the fucking uh, 49ers went up the other way. Because I'm sure every player on the Lions was like, I can't believe we fucking did that again. You have to think about their psyche. And so now that their brain is fucked up and they're not thinking straight, they're missing tackles. They're fucking up plays. They're not where they're supposed to be in coverage. That's the human element. These people are not robots. Emotion comes into play. And as much as they love their head coach, which I believe they do, I believe they love their head coach. There are going to be moments. They hear the hometown crowd going nuts. They look up at the scoreboard going, fuck, we had a 17-point lead, and we just pissed that shit away. Damn it, why'd we do that? Fuck, we shouldn't have done that play, or we shouldn't have done this play. And all the mind, that's what their brain's doing to them. They're thinking about a million different things, and a million different, oh, if you would have made that tackle back there, if you would have held on to that interception back there, we had Purdy on the fucking ropes. Are we really losing to Purdy? Holy shit, what the, like, that's all going on in their heads. While the 49ers are marching the other way into the end zone. And when they score and they go up by 10, immediately they're thinking, shit, they should only be up by seven. That's what they're thinking. They should only be up by seven. That way we could tie the game back up and we could go into overtime and who knows what will happen. But now we have this daunting task of trying to score 10 points with three minutes left. It's unfucking real. And what really killed them too is maybe they could have had a better shot with that of getting the ball back toward the end. They made a nice little play. I can't remember the receiver's name. He catches it and was like hesitant to go for the end zone. It's like score the fucking touchdown, you dipshit. And he didn't. He was short. So then they had to run the play to get that in. And I'm like, oh, man, just, you know, And I was rooting so hard for Detroit. I was more invested in that game than I was for any, any Bears game this year besides week one against the Packers. Week The final week against the Packers, obviously I wanted to win, but I was also not surprised that we lost. So it's a different kind of investment. This game, I wanted the Lions to win bad. My stepmother's family's from Detroit. Grew up a Lions fan. I was rooting for them. I know they're in the NFC North, and the Bears-Lions have had little bits of rivalries here or there, but I've never felt like it was a real rivalry because both teams have been bad most of my life anyway. And yeah, Detroit's this great, um, once great American city. And I hear, I've, I've talked to people who say, that's ah, on the come up again. You know, we're still having our problems though. But I thought like, how great would that be for that community, for that city, for them to go to the Super Bowl, possibly win the Super Bowl. It would just be a nice, you know, it'd be a great comeback story. And as an American, I love a great comeback story. I think a lot of Americans do. That's kind of our thing. I think probably people around the world love a comeback story. Now that I say that, like who the fuck hates, what culture is like, no, we hate comebacks. The French, maybe? I don't know. Like, who the fuck would be like, no, boo, comeback stories? I think every culture, um, every country around the world probably loves a good old-fashioned comeback story, which makes me think of that uh, scene. It was a deleted scene, of course, from the movie, not movie, the TV show Parks and Recreation. Parks and Rec is a really cool show. When we start talking about comeback stories, they're like Seabiscuit and, you know, in real life, Robert Downey Jr. And then uh, Chris Pratt's character says, Kim Kardashian? And then... They're like, hmm, well, yeah, in the movie, she gets come on her back. Get it? Comeback story? Hilarious. All right, that's been the podcast for Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. If January wasn't your month. February's going to be your month. But guess what, everyone? January was my month. February's my month. Every month's my fucking month. Look at me getting tough with y'all. All right, I love you guys. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, cheers.